Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here, as always, with the lovely Lauren. No, thank you, daddies. Daryl's babies. I can't decipher between the two. Hi. It's it's okay. I mean, we've established recently, again, many times that it's because I'm the father of the podcast. You are. But I'm not actually. I'm the father of the new podcast. I just can't believe it's 199. We we are at 199 episodes. We it's crazy. Just, yeah. I mean, we've we been have, doing this so long. We have talked about a lot of Final Fantasy. Who knew that a series such as this could inspire so much from us? Who knew that when Kyle and David decided to set this up as a community show for a forum, that it would spiral into what it has become? I know. And then they they changed reins to us. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And look what we've done with it. I know. Trashed the place. That's okay. (laughs) It's cool. We're Um, fine. So, yeah. Uh, E3 was was pretty was a intense. thing. It was a thing. It was intense. Yeah, um, there are choices, and we're going to be talking a lot about it today. I know we did a pretty long episode last time. I think the plan. Well, we'll see how things go. Mm. We'll see how things go. We're just going to let it filter. No, we're going to let it flow. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, not filter. <laughs> Filtering would be cutting things down. No, we're going to yeah, be letting yeah, yeah. everything flow and um, just seeing where it takes us because we've got a lot of things to talk about. We're going to be trying to cover, obviously, everything 7 Remake, uh, the wider Square Enix announcements. And then if we have time and we feel like we we, do, we want to push that far, we're going to talk about stuff that happened outside of Square Enix. <gasps> I know. Crazy, outside right? Outside of Square Enix. There, a, is no, there is nothing outside of Square Enix. What are you talking about? I mean, based on E3, they didn't really need to be. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Keanu need to, needed to exist, okay? Keanu needed to exist this E3 because that's the only other thing that's been like really big this E3. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go along with that. That very much, um, it's as we were saying before, it's going to be that moment, it's going to be on, on those those YouTube videos, top 10 lists of whatever. Times E3 was amazing, shocked, yep. E3 shocked everything. It's going to be in those for a long time. And it's of the course. only one that I can really remember that was positive. Most of those things I remember are always really bad. Mr. Caffeine. The, um, that was my first and ever and only E3 was Mr. Caffeine. I remember and he the... wasn't as annoying as people thought he was online. No, live he was okay. Yeah, like live we were we were kind of in the moment and like happy. And then they gave us cupcakes afterwards, which also just made it okay. But when we came back, we were just like, oh my God, what unleashed? <laughs> the internet has opened up and said, nay. <laughs> I think that Ubisoft have that kind of weird thing, though, where it's not super serious and Mm. they kind of, unlike EA, where it goes wrong and it really goes wrong and it's kind of embarrassing. I think with Ubisoft, like they kind of know they're a bit of a joke. Yeah. So they play up with it. They ham it up and they just kind of roll with it and see where it takes them. And then Devolver. Kind of like we're going to do with this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Devolver just do their own thing. Devolver just just stomp on it and throw blood. (laughs) Yes. That's it. <laughs> and use really weird concepts to unveil their games, which wor- which works really well for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Anyway, um, before we dive into all of that, we have to do our Patreon shout-outs, Lawrence. So okay. we're going to kick things off with Nahi Klablawi. And then we have Chris Morales. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thurin Bullen at Massacre 23. Tori Patrick. 
Fayez Bilal. Alex Ray Snyder at Alex Ray Snyder. Lewis James. Rachel Casterton at Obion Ray. Muhammad Kayam. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Rob Porter at Squirty Birdie One. David Calro. Nick Moreland. Vitanitas. Janik Naud at Janik Naud. Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181. And Freya Stella. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, so we're now moving on to our amazing recap of E3 2019. And we're going to have, obviously, a strong focus on the 7 remake. But I think before we get on to that, I th- <laughs> we don't usually tell stories, but this was actually kind of funny, but for the weird reasons that it wasn't overly funny. But hopefully it will sound funny when we talk about it. <laughs> but like, so we obviously talked on the last podcast a lot about what we were expecting. Yeah. We actually had kind of a rough idea about what they were going to show beforehand. Like, yeah. Um, obviously, I, in the position we're in, we get to hear certain things, but just because we hear things, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come to fruition. Yeah. So we had a rough idea that Tifa was going to be shown. We had a rough idea about the uh, Final Fantasy VIII remaster. Um, but we obviously didn't know what was actually going to happen in the press conference itself or how they were going to do it or anything like that. And so obviously the press conference for us took place at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and we are generally waking up around between 5 to 6 at the moment because of our wonderful children. And um, when we did, I I knew that if I looked at what was announced at the press conference, I would just get absorbed into it. I'd want to watch the whole thing. I'd start yeah. diving into all the details. I'd start thinking about what content I can create around it. And I just knew that was going to be the worst <laughs> thing possible. Um, so I made the slightly frustrating decision to just not look at anything for about four hours. Yeah. Lauren, though, on the other hand, did look and I was just like, don't talk to me about it. Don't talk to me about it. Please do not tell me. Please do not tell me. Because in my mind, I was thinking (laughs) it's better for me to just have the expectation of what I think is going to be announced as opposed to what has been announced. Yeah. And then obviously I found out everything that's been announced. Lauren knew beforehand. And we were just, once the kids were kind of at school, well, the kid was at school and the other one was just chilling out and stuff. Yeah. We were able to have our fangasm moment. Mm-hmm. yeah no it was so funny because like yeah i'm it, it was like 4 30 in the morning because my daughter uh well elizabeth she just likes to wake up at 4 30 and scream and then go back to sleep <laughs> i i just was up because of her and i looked at my phone at everything that was announced just really quick and i just looked at daryl and i was just like this uh tifo i think it was like tifo was announced or whatever and you're just like oh for frick's sake i'm not trying to tell myself i'm not trying to look at things and i'm just like i'm so sorry i forgot i just felt so bad but i was so out of it that i just was like not even thinking i mean it probably was quite a weird stance for me to take in terms of just blocking everything out no i think it's a i think like in hindsight it was the better way to go about it i just can't help myself i just felt that that morning even though everything that was going on was going on i had to go into dad mode Mm. not dad podcast dad children yeah (laughs) yeah the dad the dad dad mode focus on them and then i can focus on this so obviously um even the day before so the day before stuff we knew about from the concert 
Um, they announced the release date mm-hmm. of the 3rd of March 2020, which is yep. actually great because we had thought that it, they might announce the release date. Um, yeah. I think we talked about in the past that our prediction for when it was going to come out was Q1 2020, mm-hmm. which obviously aligns very well with what they've done. Um, and But there were still obviously the reservations around whether or not it was actually going to come out within the next 12 months. The fiscal reports are obviously, there was the red herring, they had the whole huge predictions, then those predictions got shelved and, you know, there was the potential that a game had been delayed because they'd been cut down so much. Um, but obviously it's still going to hit in the next fiscal year. It's going to be coming out in nine months, less than nine months now. And yeah, we're going to have the game to play. But also in That's that first crazy. trailer, it was like they were just doing these massive teasers. They knew they knew how much everyone wanted to see Tifa. Mm-hmm. And even in the press conference itself, Kataze just had that really awkward moment where they were talking for a little bit. And I think it's Neil Pavon, the other guy, um, he was like, are we going to get to see Tifa? And Kataze was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe soon, maybe soon. And I guess in their minds, they were thinking people would think, oh, maybe soon is in like five Another, minutes time. Yeah. But everyone in the audience was like, oh no, like they're not going to show it at this yeah. event, are they? Yeah. But they did. Yeah. Um, but in that first trailer, they showed off a couple of different things. It was only like a minute long. The, the release date obviously was there. Um, they showed off High Digger, uh, which everyone's, well, I saw a lot of people that were quite excited about that. Yeah. Um, it was weird. Like of all the people to include but i guess because of his quote it was very fitting for what they were talking about yeah and president shimra we got to see like a kind of a silhouette of yeah yeah he's going to be an interesting character to see what they do with especially because of how they've changed heidegger Mm because we were talking about it before heidegger in the original game was was pretty rotund yeah um in the remake he doesn't he seems to be a bit more built yeah, like he's a bit more of a caricature in the original, whereas yeah, now he's he's looks like he could be an official. He could look he looks like he could be in that position realistically. Um but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks around President Shinra, especially with the uh Honeybee Inn scene, which is quite awkward and weird. I just I don't know how they're going to how they're going to pull that off. I mean, they've said it's it's going to be in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything like that's going to be in the game. I guess one of the interesting things around him is that for the first part of the game, he is obviously the villain. Yeah. Because he's doing a lot of the bad things. You get to see the kind of conference calls he has with Heidegger, Scarlet and Reeve uh, and Hojo, where he just comes across as this evil, maniacal person who's just hell-bent on learning more He's very similar in a way to Idolus Aldercapt from, mm. from 15. Like he's just, he obviously had a, a normal vision to start off with in terms of like, okay, I'm going to try and make this all powerful and everything. But then once he got that, once uh, Professor Gast found out about the ancients and all the, everything that came with that, the promised land and all this stuff, he just, it became a fixation of his. Mm. And it was kind of like, whatever it takes one of those mantras of like we don't care what distraction we bring we bring down or how we go about it it doesn't matter what the cost is i need this i need i need to tap into that it's unlimited power it's all that everything we ever dreamed of yeah um and yeah like a lot of what he does is is along those lines so it's going to be interesting to see if they well they probably will surface him a lot more in the remake 
but how he how he does that and what they do and also i'm talking a lot here lots of also's um how they integrate him with rufus because you didn't really get to see that in the game it was kind of like oh there's president chimra oh he's dead oh there's rufus yeah oh hi rufus i don't remember him having that big of a role in the original game like i don't remember interacting him with president Shinra. i always i always when i think of shinra i think of rufus first i don't think of president president he, shinra he only has a couple of scenes as i said there's the one kind of in the conference room where mm. he's talking about dropping the plate um and then there's the one in his office where after they've been captured um, yeah and that's pretty much it and then obviously the next scene is oh he's got a yeah, sword in his back big sword <laughs> and that that scene is going to be so unsettling like if that whole going, sequence yeah that's gonna be so creepy like really like chapter I- i'm imagining it'll be chapter 12 final fantasy 15 is it chapter 12 13. or chapter 13 chapter 13 final fantasy 15 um style creepiness and also going through Shinra mansion a lot of stuff with Shinra is gonna be, gonna I, be really weird i wonder how they're gonna get around that because they're probably going to have it so that it's rated quite low so they can appeal to a large yeah. audience. Yeah. And with Seven, there was blood everywhere, but it didn't really matter that much. Like in those days, the the care was less. Whereas now if they want to go for this kind of more realistic, modernized style, yeah, how are they going to do that? Yeah, I have no clue. No, they're going to have to work around that type of stuff and yeah make it more accessible but at the end of the day i mean let's be real grand theft auto 5 is still like the number one like game best-selling game ever and that is mature it's true but that's no not seen, that doesn't that seem to be how publishers see it though because like why well all the f- not how screen excuse well no release. film franchises as well do that they they tone everything down so that they can get the they do more audiences they do they do but it just seems to work differently with games because like i swear that most of the games like um like isn't fallout mature as well like there's they they yeah. seem to go more mature they don't they don't seem to care but square enix definitely cares because think, Final Fantasy fifteen, they dumped, they made it um, lesser when that was supposed to be mature. Yeah. I mean, their audience, they're, they're obviously com- they're constantly trying to capture those low teens, and then hoping that they can then draw them in that they and they're going to become lifetime fans, which is exactly what we were. Yeah. When we got brought into the franchise. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, going back to kind of what we were saying about the trailer, um, they kind of revealed that the first game would focus around Midgar specifically yeah like it would be up until the escape from Midgar, and we i think that was our like number one um prediction for where it's going to end it was yeah i think there were numerous cutoff points it could have been but i i felt that was the natural place because from a development perspective it was the easiest place from this cutoff because they don't have to worry about the world map or anything like that they just have to focus on Midgar, mm-hmm. and it just if they put in the world map too that would have just been such a massive undertaking. At least this way they can get this one out and then think, okay, how are we going to do this now? Although, could you imagine it though? An open world like Skyrim version of Final Fantasy VII. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. No. Because based on that, like the second part is going to be different. It has to be different from the first. That would just be so cool though. Like you could just walk around wherever you wanted and then you could just, yeah, 
yeah i mean they could things. do something similar to that because midgar is obviously the biggest place and mm-hmm. in part two you're not going to be you probably aren't going to be able to go to midgar mm-hmm. and most of the towns you'd visit like calm i guess junin would be complicated um but a lot of the places are quite small in in their nature so it is yeah. feasible yeah either way though kerfliggle on our discord uh asks if there was any plot points that we want expanded i mean based off of what they've done so far i don't mind them with the uh i don't mind them expanding the avalanche people i mean we already kind of feel like they're going to anyway um i'm i'm excited for that i i hope that they do expand that a bit i also wouldn't mind like a little teeny bit of expansion in Aerith's mom um not her real mom but her adopted mom like bit of a relationship there I mean, granted, like it's not it's not that imperative. It's not going to make or break the experience for me. But it might be nice to just have a little bit more of a interaction between her and Aerith and her and Cloud as well. Yeah, I think that pretty much any of the established characters from the previous game um, will be fleshed out a lot more. Yeah. Avalanche is going to clearly be a focus. It has yeah. to be because that's the one if we're thinking about set pieces in in midgar you've obviously got like the stuff that happens right at the end but before that obviously everything that happens with avalanche is a big set piece yeah um so yeah i mean the turks as well haven't been mentioned no they're I'm gonna have so to be in there excited for the turks i think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting um mm. Yeah, like Almira, Marlene. There's there's smaller characters that will feature. There's the guys that appear in the wool market. Mm-hmm. Um, the sick guy. Yeah, there's there's going to be various characters that have the ability to be expanded upon. Hashtag episode. This guy are sick. One <laughs> one of the things that I'm curious about though is that they they had mentioned in the past, and I know they've been reneging a lot of. And based on what we found out, they've been reneged. They've reneged on a lot of things that they said in the past. They had said they weren't going to create any new characters. Now, Final Fantasy VII wasn't the most expansive of games. There were over 100 characters, but they were split across the whole thing. Midgar didn't have a huge amount of characters featured mm. within. You've got lots of other, like, incendiary ones, like um, Don Corneo is obviously a character. Um, yeah. There's, like, Maki, Scotch and Koch. Yeah. Like, there's, there's various, like, smaller characters. But in order to make the environment feel lived in, they're going to have to surely insert a lot more NPCs. Now, are these NPCs just not going to have names? Are they just going to be mm. random people that you can kind of talk to that don't really say anything? Well, you could kind of see on the train bit um, in the... Was it the trailer um, where you were talking to... Um, it was, I think it was when you were going to talk to Biggs. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was like, in the original game, that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, but there wasn't that... I don't remember there being that many people on the train, were there? I think so, yeah. Because uh-huh. there's the sequence where they, they walk along the train. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but either way, like I feel like it's m- maybe it will be a bit like that where you can sort of... Uh, well, I don't know. Because in Kingdom Hearts, you could still talk to everybody. In Kingdom Hearts 3, you could still talk to everybody. But... And they didn't have names, right? No, no. They were just kind of like townsfolk. It's funny how that works, though. Because like really, I mean... With that in mind, Kingdom Hearts had still had a lot of characters that didn't actually have voices, but it still worked. They just, they, yeah, it was just text. 
So I wonder if they will sort of pull the same thing with Final Fantasy Seven. It would make life easier. For yeah, them. it would make sense for them to do so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would love to see more expansion for Avalanche. I yeah. think that's the easy way, uh, the, the easy element for them to do. And from what we've seen, it looks like that's going to be the case, specifically around Jesse and Cloud. Um, that's going to be a thing they're really going to try and play up. Yeah, because she is the third love interest. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Even though Cloud is oblivious to it. <laughs> Bless him. Um, okay, so obviously the big the big thing outside the release date was Tifa. Yeah. We mentioned that horrible tease from Kataze. Um, but when they showed her off in the trailer, it was one of those things where I said we, we pretty much knew she was gonna be revealed. Yeah. But we had no idea how or what she was gonna look like. No. And it was just one of those things where I don't know, I because there have been such expectation and build up around it, like with Cloud and Barrett and, and Aerith and that stuff, I didn't really care that much. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's Cloud. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Cloud's different now. Okay. And Aerith, it was like, oh, there's Aerith. Okay. She looks fine. But with Tifa, I don't know why, but it was just, and I've seen it a lot from other people online as well. For mm. some reason, the way they introduced her, they kind of like faded out, came in, and it was yeah. like the, the music went all soft. Yeah. And it was a very homely scene with Barrett and Marlene. She just looked... It it was just really endearing. Yeah. I, I don't know why. For some reason, like I never really saw Tifa as the kind of mothering, like caring type. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, because she hits people. Um, <laughs> she punches them in the but face. But yeah, like it just, it made her seem like this really soft person. And mm. they put new lines of dialogue in there, which suggests that she's going to have more of a conscience around what's going on. A lot of indecision around whether or not she should be hanging out with Barrett and, and taking part in the avalanche activities. Yeah. And it seems as though, I don't know, like just that immediate reaction to Tifa was just that, that's really good. Yeah. That like that design was just yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's just Tifa. She just she's really cute and um and sweet and yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. Like you sort of see it in Advent Children and the fact that she has this relationship with Marlene and also Denzel. Um she is kind of like the mom of the group anyway. Um but it it is nice that they're going to be bringing that out in this, but um, it's also interesting that her and her and Cloud have their little drink moment where they're sharing hearts together. And I do wonder if they're going to make the relationship between the two of them less ambiguous. Mm. That's that's also the big thing um, among people because obviously there's a lot of people who are either Team Aerith, Team Tifa, or whatever. You know, they go back and forth about which one they which relationship they think is more authentic to be honest in my in my opinion i think that both of them are legitimate but they're it's not to say that they're they're good yeah i mean even namura has said that it there isn't a specific relationship that is one or the other it's mm-hmm. they all exist yeah like there you why go. does it have to be one yeah. or the other and anyway i mean like at the end of the day and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't want to be punched in the face by the person I love. So I kind of side more with Tifa and Cloud because Cloud, even though he was possessed, beats Aerith like so much. 
that was horrible. That's such a horrible scene. I don't, I, I really wonder how they're going to even be able to put that in if they just like have it off screen or something. But like that is going to be a really difficult. I can scene. see them toning it down. Yeah, because that is like he he beats her up like and then has to be restrained by sid doesn't it yeah like it's just ridiculous and that's gonna like it's gonna really sort of affect how people see cloud as a character at all really i mean it's not every day that you have um a a male character who who goes to that degree of abuse against someone but it seems as though they're gonna do uh, they're gonna put a lot of effort into making cloud seem a lot more unstable Mm. and so obviously if they do that and and he does have that instability in him then i think it's not going to be as jarring maybe that's what it will be maybe it will be more of the like you'll see sephiroth will see something else and then it will pan out and then you'll just see him having beaten up Aerith or something and it'll be like that um but but yeah, but yeah, so no. Tifa got the thumbs up from us. Oh my gosh, definitely. I'm so excited to play as her. And the fact that we do have the option to just play as her and, and fight as her is just really cool. I guess the only thing that's um that's on my on my sort of radar is just does this mean that the combos are completely gone? In what sense? The like limit break combos. No limit well. We don't really know about hers. Obviously, they showed off one of her limit breaks. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Somersault. Yeah. Um, but we don't know if the slot reels are going to retain or anything mm. like that. Yeah. They haven't really spoken that much about the limit break system. All, all we know is that it's going to be very similar to the original one in the sense that you get hit, it increases a bar, mm. you can do a move at the end of it. Mm. Um, and we know that Cross Slash is going to be one of them. Yeah. That's pretty much what we know about yeah. limit breaks at this point. Yeah, I know. So I guess we'll see. But either way, it's exciting. But but as you've moved on to gameplay, let's move on to gameplay. Okay. Uh, I know that like there's been a lot of conversation around people wanting the remake to be turn-based and they're upset about it's not. And then obviously they had the whole thing about it's going to be action only. And it's basically the whole conversation around that has not been handled very well by Square but they were able to bring it back around with what they showed off, which was the tactical ATB system. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's it's basically a hybrid gameplay system where you can go hack and slash like Kingdom Hearts if you want to. So if you attack, it will do a slash. Um, and it's kind of like you press, he attacks situation. So it's not like Final Fantasy XV's was, where it's a button hold. Yeah, um, which I never used. But they've basically tried to stress that if you the game will play like Kingdom Hearts three if you want a more action focused game, so you can mm. use shortcuts and uh, assign moves to shortcuts, and you won't ever have to break the flow of anything. But if you want to be more turn based, like the original Final Fantasy seven was, you can then use the tactical ATB system, which is very similar to uh, I guess it's more a more advanced mode uh, version of Final Fantasy fifteen's wait mode, yeah, where you can stop the gameplay and then pretty much choose what you're going to do, put in kind of moves that you want to play out, and then you hit go and then it it kind of does it yeah which i think is a nice happy medium Mm. because if you do have that more strategic feel you just want to take a second to kind of pause think about what you're going to do and then execute then they've got you covered in that regard and if you just want to go and just say like let's just beat the crap out of this thing 
uh, and treat it more like a Dark Souls game, mm-hmm. then you can do that too. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm really surprised that they that they have they have done it. I mean, you know, it is a sh- it, it would be a shame if they didn't cater for the people who are more turn based players. But um, I'm I'm happy that they actually that they actually did that they didn't choose to just completely abandon it. I don't know if I'll if I'll use m- myself. I I much prefer the action the action based RPG. Yeah, if it's an option, that's what that's the route I'll go down because. I never used weight mode in 15. No. I just thought it was a waste of time. I just like, you know, if you if you're into that kind of thing, like that's fine. I'm I'm just a shoot first, ask questions later. I guess it depends on how intense things are because I do know within 15, sometimes I might have just gone to a point on the map just to, to separate Noctis away just so I can kind of per- peruse what's going on. Yeah. But I didn't want to pause it because I knew that my party members would still carry on doing damage yeah. while I'm thinking about stuff. Um, and obviously that's going to be the same within the remake as well but it does look really cool it does and i think like the way they showed it off as well in terms of like okay like they they cloud going and slashing amongst a group of mm-hmm. soldiers and then just saying pause and they got soldiers flying everywhere uh, it Blitz. looked like there was a little bit of like it was still kind of going very yeah. very slowly yeah it was and then yeah it's like okay come on it's done but the one thing i did notice though very subtly is that when they did uh, actual gameplay, like the Guard Scorpion boss fight, they mm. never used it. No, no, they, they just, didn't. They just went full action, used shortcuts, and then boom, done. Yeah. So obviously their preference is the action style combat. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. We always sort of talk about the fact that Nomura is very much, very much the action person. But either way, it's it's good that they've that it's good that they're catered for. Yeah, and we actually had uh, um, a question from Simo on Discord, uh, not specifically related to the gameplay, but more in terms of the the systems across the different parts. So they wanted to know how we envision the leveling system working across the different games. It's hard to say, really, isn't it? Because, like, are there going to be people who wouldn't have played part one I, going into part two? My, my view on this is pretty clear. I think it's going to be very similar to a Mass Effect type experience. Yeah. There are very few games out there and the only one I can actually think of is is Shenmue where they allowed you to carry stuff over from one game to the other. Mm. But I I can't think of any other game where they've enabled like that kind of progression carryover. I can't see them doing anything other than just saying that was part one. Great. You're in part two now. Start from scratch. So you might be able to carry over mm-hmm. like material you've you've had, that kind of stuff. But leveling, I would have thought they would just cut down. Yeah. But they may just they may have a way of doing it. Like they, from a from a, a design perspective, they may just suddenly have it so that somehow in the escape from Midgar, you have to leave everything behind. Mm. And then when you start off part two, you don't have anything anymore. Mm. Yeah. And I then mean, you have it- to build up again. And like that, they could easily do that. It is like when you think about it that way, it does make it seem like quite mean, like quite harsh. But that is the thing, though. But, I mean, but that's the thing. It's a multi-part series, and like if you think about, some people didn't like my comparison. They don't like my comparison with Mass Effect, mm-hmm. but I'd say it's very similar. Like I, I would never have gone into Mass Effect Two with the expectation that I'm going to have anything from Mass Effect One, mm. even though it's exactly the same character as a continuation of the story. I I don't I wouldn't go in with that expectation. 
So why why would you now? The only the only reason you'd have that expectation is because you're comparing it to the original game, which it isn't. With that in mind, though, do you think that there's going to be like super bosses in in each part to sort of accommodate people who do max out their characters completely? I think they're going to have to do that. Yeah. There's no other way around it because obviously they super bosses wouldn't have existed in the original, like the earlier parts of the games. They're mm-hmm. only for later, but they've said numerous times that these games are going to be self-contained entities. So there's going to have to be stuff that enables you to do the 30 to 40 hour experience, but it's going to have to be able to exp- like be, go beyond that. Like yeah. 15 did. There's going to have to be content in there that enables it to stretch to the 60 to 100 hour capacity. Yeah. Yeah. It is going to be interesting. And then like what they, will they choose to do all the weapons in the last part and stuff? Like it's just, Yeah. But either way, yeah, um, I think I think you're right. I don't I I don't know how they would carry over the levels between between each game, between each part. But I mean, if it's because the the problem you're gonna have is that let's say yeah you said earlier what happens if you didn't play part one? Well then what do you do? Do you penalize these people that didn't play part one? You can't. Yeah. Like they might be able to do something that is is like they'll look at to see if you've got the save file to see mm-hmm. if you actually just played the game. And if yeah. you did play the game, then you might get some bonuses. It's something like the Dynasty Warriors franchise they do. They'll just see, okay, do you have a save file? Yes, you do. Okay, so now you get some bonus stuff. You might get some more gill when you start off. You might get a weapon that maybe you didn't have if you didn't play the first part. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a nice ode. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought they'd carry anything over that's that's like really significant that could give you a massive advantage. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Because that would be from a like a from a balancing perspective. How are they supposed to cater for that? I know. You have to be level three hundred. Um uh, so the other thing they revealed was that the voice actors have been cut, like the the cast of characters they've built up over the years from mm-hmm. Advent Children and Crisis Core and all the other stuff have been essentially done away with. Because this is a remake, they want it to be a fresh project. Um, and so they've hired a whole new suite of voice actors, which I think makes sense. I think it does too. My my only issue with the situation, like I I really appreciate the work that like people like Steve Burton and and George Newbern have have like committed over the years. They've they've done a really great job with Sephiroth and Cloud. I mean, people get really up in arms about them, even though Aerith has been replaced many times. Tifa has been the same sort of throughout. uh, But like the thing that I get a bit miffed about is just the fact that in previous interviews, when they've discussed the Final Fantasy VII remake, they said specifically that they were going to have the Advent Children cast with exception of certain characters that only had like one line so or no lines or no lines like red 13 they were going to change that was liam o'brien in the film they were they they said specifically that that would be one of the roles that they could recast and um like it is it is just strange like I I completely understand like why they did it this way, but it's I just find it so strange that they would say that in a previous interview, be so transparent about the fact that they were going to bring them back, and then just say, "Nah, just kidding, we're not going to." It makes me wonder if the Cyber Connect version of the game, because um, some yeah. of the uh, George Newbern specifically seems very sort of upset, yeah, about 
about the fact that he's been replaced, um, which is fine. I mean, it's it's not it's not a great situation, is it? Like it's you know you've been this character. This is like the biggest game in however long, and um, you're no longer in it. You're 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 not going to be a part of it because they've decided to completely recast everything. Like it is a it does feel like it's not fair because I don't think George Newbin really had his chance at Sephiroth. Like he had you know Advent Children where he, like Sephiroth was kind of in it for like a few seconds. Kingdom Hearts, few seconds. I don't know how much dialogue he really had in Dissidia, but like, you know, he didn't he didn't get that character arc. I guess he had Crisis Core, wasn't didn't he? Yeah. But even that, it, like Sephiroth wasn't as in it as he Zach. is in <laughs> he is in in Final Fantasy VII. Like Final Fantasy VII is like Sephiroth's game. Um, but yeah, but either way getting away from that negativeness i am really happy for the people who are the people who are um who are now cast in the roles i mean uh the girl who's playing Aerith, brianna white she's actually like a youtuber and i think it's so cool that she's just literally come from youtube well i mean she is an actress as well she is an actress but like you know it's just cool that it's like She's a gamer. She's she's like us and she's been cast as Aerith. Like that's that's really, really, really cool. Um, a lot of the other people, aren't they from like Teen Wolf or something? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are from Teen Wolf. But they all seem really good. I'm I'm excited. I think Jesse sounds great. Yeah. There's not uh, much more no, we can sort no of No complaints. Think. I mean, obviously we haven't seen that much, so it's it's difficult to tell, but what we yeah. have seen is sounded fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, look forward, look forward to seeing what they do with the rest of the cast. I know, I know. I I don't think I can hear uh, Reno without Quentin Flynn, though. Like, Quentin Flynn is just Reno. He is. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. He's every red-headed character. That Namora has yeah. ever. Like, <sighs> I think I Quentin Flynn has to be in it somehow. I mean... I do also find it a bit a bit weird that Wedge is Gideon Emery. Like, yeah. of all the people he could have been. I mean, I could have seen Gideon Emery as Sephiroth, if I'm honest. But, like, Wedge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the last point that we're going to talk about is the whole stuff that came out with Katase saying that they're not too sure how large this is all going to be. So I think we'd we'd spoken before about maybe two three parts, um, but it doesn't sound like they really know at the moment. And mm. I know that that it's kind of the smart thing to do because he's controlling expectation around it. Yeah. So if he came out and said it's going to be three parts, and then they start doing the second part and they start working to the third, and they're like, oh, we can't do this in three parts. Yeah. Then that would have caused a massive, massive, massive pr disaster yeah so this way he's kind of controlling the narrative a bit more and basically saying like guys we don't really know uh you're just gonna have to wait and see mm. but i guess the reason why it's it's a bit of a weird thing is because so Midgar, depending on how you look at it is i think the, the tim uh i can't remember his surname from kotaku had said that there's about 30 percent of the game script happens in Midgar. Mm. But in terms of like the game's plot, it's about 10%. And in terms of the game's content, it's not that much. So they're going to be making that into a full game. 
So if we're working on the, it's a 30% of the game script, then fine, there's three games, maybe a bit more. But if we're working on it, the fact it's like 10, 15% of the game's content, then it, who knows? Like it, it we don't know what they're going to do. So yeah. we, like the next part, to me, the natural resting point is that disc two swap over. Like, mm. okay, Aerith's uh, death. There's a lot of content that can happen in that period though because you've got calm junin gold saucer nibbleheim like there's so much stuff that happens within that segment of the game yeah that based on how much they're putting into midgar we don't know like what that what that's all going to do like because within that whole stuff obviously we get to learn more about um sephiroth we get to meet the other playable characters there's going to have to be so much more exposition around all of those characters. Are they mm. going to be able to fit them all into the game? But also, they've got to have stuff to look forward to in the other parts. So that mm. makes me feel like, are they going to have all the characters in the next one? Or are they going to save some for the last one? Or the next yeah. one after that? Like, yeah. It's going, to be, it's going to be interesting. And my biggest thing is the minigames. Like, I mean, you know, um, Ford Con- Fort Condor and stuff. Like, I just don't know how they're going to work those stuff in the Golden Chocobo. Like, so I guess that basically means that Chocobos aren't going to be in the first part of the game. No. At all. Um, Which, again, is smart. And I, I, I yeah. think it's really clever that they've made this decision because it means they can... It's like when what they always say when you're a creative person. If someone comes to you and says, draw a picture. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, of what? Like, yeah. But if you go to someone and say, you've got to draw a picture and you can only use these colors and it's got to be this size and it's got to mm. be around this topic and all this stuff, it's a lot easier to narrow down the creativity. Yeah. So with, with them doing this way, it means that, yeah, they can they can focus very clearly on what they need to achieve with this one. Mm. The next part, who knows? Because, yeah, yeah as you said, like choc- chocobos get introduced right after you leave Midgar. Mm. They've got lots of different mechanics that they're going to introduce, like Fort Condor. Um, there's other mini games, like even the flipping... The um, pretending to be the Shinra soldier in yeah, Junin. Yeah, Shinra soldier. Yeah. Like you can go to Costa del Sol. They've got the whole gold saucer section. Yeah. You've obviously got the bit where you can go to Gongaga and learn a bit more about Zach. Yeah, I Cosmo mean Cosmo Canyon. I sort of feel like part one. All right, so that's Midgar. I feel like part two should be Aerith. I feel like part two should just be Aerith's death. If I'm honest, I that's what like I mean. Though there's there's end. so much content within that. I know. I that you know. have to get to because uh, then you also have like coral. Oh, it makes me stressed. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, no. I also wonder, like, sort of on that. I I know I'm probably jumping around in the script a bit, but what are they going to do each time for the special edition? Because I'm guessing the, the sort of soldier first class thing is only for part one. Yep. So are they going to have a different bike every time? Probably not a bike, but they may do something else. Yeah. Like... Well, I mean, the last of- one's blatantly going to be Sephiroth one-winged angel play arts because they've never done one, right? Safe for Sephiroth. Mm, mm, yeah. As far as I'm aware, they've never done one. Or it could know. be that they they maybe may maybe recreate that cold cast one of of the final scene I between think, Cloud yeah. and Sephiroth. That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they they'll do a remake version of the Sephiroth versus Cloud, because that would be that would be boss, really. 
I mean, that that figure. You know what they so could really rare. do if if one of the parts does end on Aerith's death, the playouts, the mega playouts oh, Kai they put God. in there was just the stab. Oh my god! <laughs> All the spoiler people would be out. I know. Pot noodle, we have a new thing for you. Here's the bloodied sword from Aerith. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your noodles in happiness. <laughs> Cup noodle, Lauren. Cup noodle. Yeah. Get that branding in there. I know. I know they do. I wonder what branding deals they're going to They're going to blatantly have like a lot of branding deals with this, aren't they? Got to ruin that cash in somehow, right? I can't believe all oh, those watches they've just, they've just announced as well. They're one thousand. Their watches, one's Cloud, one's Sephiroth, and they're one thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. But pounds people will buy each. them. But they're not like my problem is the fact that it's not a brand. Like it's not like Rolex or something. Like you know. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure the the news story I had didn't say anything about there being a brand. Well, someone's got to be making it. it. Somebody has to be making them. It's probably Square Enix. Nomura's just in the back room yeah. just putting together watches. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't make the deadline. I have to make this watch by midnight. <sighs> but they're only releasing, I think, like 77 of them in each region or something. Mm, let's get one. Yeah. Seven. seven, um, seven, seven. No, let's not get one. No, I don't need a watch. Um, but yeah. So that was like the whole thing about the project was was kind of a, a weird thing because also Katarze had spoken in the past about them doing kind of supporting things because they know there's going to be a period of time between each release. They want to keep people engaged. Yeah. We don't know what that's going to be though. So again, it, I mean, if they do little animated things like Last Order, that could be quite cool. Uh, yeah. I just hope they don't do loads of free to play mobile games again because. <laughs> everyone's just getting so fed up with them now i know they were fed up with them in the first place then they did a a range of ones that were okay but they're getting really old now and then they did a new empire and then everybody raged and then they did opera which was okay again but it's just like stop please yes stop please um (laughs) so we had a question from from guide seeker who actually asked based on what they're discussing oh and i actually before we get into that i do want to say that the way that they're approaching this uh i am actually really really excited about mm-hmm. i know there's been a lot of um i'm not confusion but there's it's been a been a mixed reaction to katase's statement the reason why i'm really excited about it is because it means that as i said that they have this kind of focus on what they're trying to achieve so with the first part being focused around midgar they are trying to make that the best damn Midgar experience they possibly can. And I would much rather they take that approach uh, and saying like, okay, so this next part has to go to this point because this is what we think is the best experience to tell. That means we can Mm. provide the best gameplay options, the best mini games, the best character development. And if that means we have to have eight parts, we have to have eight parts. But each part is going to be damn good. I would much rather they take that approach and saying, okay, no, guys, we've got to have three parts uh, and we've got to like really spread things out and we've got to make sure there's not enough focus. And I feel like if they took that approach, they'd end up with 15. Yeah. Because they, it was just a game that was just kind of hodgepodge together. Oh, here's some DLC that tells that bit. We can't put it in. We don't have enough time. This way is much better because they can just stay at the beginning. Okay, so we're going to cut at this point. And like, if the rumors are to be believed, that's what Versus 13 was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a three-part game. There was mm. supposed to be very clear part, like cuts between each of the games so that there was a, a self-contained story. And then Tabata condensed that all into one game, which then meant that it, each of them, each of the, like everything just kind of got crushed together. They weren't able to develop the characters properly. And I just, I, 
I'm I'm really glad hopefully that they're not taking that approach that they're actually going to give everything the room it needs to breathe yeah no uh, absolutely and I'm yeah I'm really excited and I, like I, I can't stress enough sure if the games suck it's a terrible it's a terrible decision but if the games are like if Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 1 comes out next March and it's like a 90 plus game people are talking about it as one of the greatest games of all time then I very much doubt that people are going to be sitting here saying, oh, no, I really don't hope they make any more parts of this. Yeah. Like, everyone's going to be, when's part two coming out? I need part two now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going to be like, we we, um, discussed about The Lord of the Rings, like, the Fellowship of the Ring, the worst-selling, worst-selling film in the series. Yeah. Return of the King was the best-selling because... That everyone like each of the films got better as they went on, mm-hmm. and because it was a, on a pre-existing franchise, everyone knew what was coming. So if the first part in Midgar is amazing, just imagine what they're going to do with the next part, where oh they're going to be talking about this and they're going to be doing that, and it I just know. gets re- it just gets me really excited. I I'm, yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And like obviously we haven't been able to play the demo, but everyone who did play it, like the Seven Remake, won so many E3 awards. I think it's uh, with cyberpunk as well pretty much game of the show it's 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 the game that everyone is most looking forward to and as a fan that's exactly what you want to happen like the mm. game that you're really excited about everyone's excited about because yeah. it's good yeah, yeah because yeah. it's good not just because it's final fantasy but yeah anyway um so moving on yeah. so god seeker's question was would would i like to see this approach carried out for future projects like remakes or whatever and to that i would say yeah yeah i would and the parts model yeah because as i said as long as the parts are good mm-hmm. i don't have a problem with assassin's creed being like eight games as long as those yeah. parts are good like when it when the quality started drip, uh, dipping down yeah i'm not happy about it but like for the first three parts of assassin's creed stellar revelations mm-hmm. not so good um but i think the problem that they've always had with final fantasy is that they've tried to shoehorn this model in They've never actually looked at the start like they are doing with this one. And I'm so happy they made the decision on that basis because they looked at it and said, we can't do this in one game. We need to tell this in multiple parts. Mm -hmm. As opposed to going, but Final Fantasy is only ever supposed to be a self-contained thing. Um, And then they tell the self-contained story and then like, oh, you know what we should do? We should do a sequel. Yeah. But they didn't ever plan for it. And that's why we've ended up with all these stupid things like what's potentially going to happen with uh, the fifth, uh, the 10 franchise where like, they literally had no story planned or like the, gen- the inclusion of Genesis. Like it just didn't, it wasn't ever there. Yeah. But they were like, oh, we- well, we've got to try and figure out how we can make a game about this now. Um, we need to do a prequel. We've got to do a sequel. It's just like, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure like Najima would have had ideas about certain ways it could be expanded if necessary, but it wasn't ever planned as a thing. Whereas if they actually went into a project and said, okay, Final Fantasy 16 is going to be, uh, it's going to be a trilogy. And this is how the game's going to be planned out. Like they're going to write the whole trilogy beforehand with a loose framework. And then there's actually a continued continual story that people will get excited about and they'll mm. be looking forward to because they know that it's actually been properly planned as opposed to say the 13 trilogy yeah. which was not planned at all no no no, no definitely um but yeah no i i mean everybody's been asking sort of for a six remake as well 
Um, and I, I definitely could see that being in parts instead of, instead of one full game. Cause that game is so long. There's just so much. And there's like do. 16 characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a hard one for them to do, but honestly, like I was even saying to Daryl, um, today that like Square Enix have really put themselves in such a stellar position because from this point on, they could just spend out their days remaking final fantasy games yeah and if i know we had a question many podcasts ago about what would we do if we were running square enix my if i was to ask that now i would say okay so based on what they've shown with the seven remake and i'm jumping the gun here by assuming it's going to be fantastic when it releases you have one studio that is focused on remakes you have one studio that's focused on new games you have one studio that's focused on like spin-offs or like smaller Final Fantasy experiences that are fresh, like Crystal Chronicles, for example. Like, uh, yeah, like franchises that use the IP have similar characteristics, but they're trying something new. They're experimenting with, and then you can have another studio that's doing like mobile games. I don't know, but like they need to get back to that kind of co-studio model where yeah. it the remake is going to sell bucket loads. That like, surely they can justify having a team that's dedicated to just working on that and it, and then you know that that could then grow to the point where they can be working on simultaneous remakes like it can't i don't know like it just seems it seems to make sense and it seemed i feel like that's what they're doing because the rumors are that obviously 16 is in development uh with yoshi p's team very different to kataze's team so they're not impacting each other whatsoever um so maybe that's the system they're going to work towards we were going to have a discussion now about everything else going on with Square Enix, uh, the conference and everything else happening at E3. But um, I am sad to say that Lauren is actually falling asleep right now. I'm so sorry. I wish I was more awake. I need like a shot of coffee, but I know that that's not a good idea right now. It's a very late night recording. Uh, we've had a very uh busy week busy week because of e3 and we had to have a a late night trip to the hospital last night which meant we didn't get much sleep during the night um but we we knew we wanted to get this out and we knew we wanted to have a long discussion i think we've been talking for almost an hour now Mm -hmm. um which is which is good for us yeah it's very good for us very good for us so i think if we just do some like quick thoughts uh maybe five minutes on each so square enix lauren go uh, Square Enix. Um, I mean, the rest of the stuff they sort of talked about was the like Crystal Chronicles remaster, uh, the Avengers project. Oh, it really like. I know some people are are like in full support of it, and that's great. If you if you really like the look of it, it's your game. Like that's great, but it really does look like the the sort of knockoff coke version of avengers it's like that cola that you get from the pound shop that is like it it tastes kind of like coca-cola but you know it's not and it just has that weird twang yeah like a lot of people i've seen have been just saying it's like they just got a load of cosplayers to dress up as the avengers characters yeah and somebody also has compared uh black widow to lord farquaad and that's when you know it's gone south but yeah, um, I don't know how that one's going to go. I really don't. Um, some people have been saying like, you know, oh, if you can't accept these guys, how can you accept Insomniac's Spider-Man? And it's just like, well, that was a good game. <laughs> that was a really good game where you didn't care about how he looked necessarily 
in in that regard you didn't care that he didn't look like the actor i think it was just the way they showed it off was just weird yeah they showed off this this cutscene, great and then like from what i've been seeing like there's been a couple of publications that have come out and said that it the gameplay just looks really ropey they're really trying to push the whole thing with the voice actors like they're really trying to ride on the star power of the voice actors which i think is also a bit like calm down they the thing is that the whole project is riding on the coattails of the success of the movie franchise yeah and they even said like even though the avengers is not just the movie franchise it's been established for many many years and it's contained many many different superheroes and the whole point of this project is that it's about the avengers total it's not connected to the movies Mm -hmm. yet they decided to include the five characters sans hawkeye from the movies and it's like, well, what do you expect people to think? Like, like if you're including exactly the same stuff as the movies, then obviously people are going to make that connection. Yeah. But they just, they messed up. A, yeah, it just like, it wasn't a good move for them. No. But it's going to sell anyway because of what it is. Yeah. But it just, it just, it's just weird. I know. I know. It's also it's really like, strange. and the, the, I mean, it's going to be a cross, cross generational game, but it's it, it's based around persistence they're gonna be adding uh like, we said about the time yeah they were like we're gonna be adding new characters and new new content to the game and we're not gonna charge you for it and it's like when when it gets to the point where that kind of thing gets a cheer you know something's wrong yeah we're not gonna screw you over guys yay Woo, i'm so excited um we also got the announcement that octopath traveler is coming into steam which is pretty cool yeah and you've missed the biggest announcement of all lauren mm. the final fantasy 8 remaster i know we oh had, my goodness we had so many people asking us to talk about this and we're not yeah. going to be able to talk about it to too much but no but i am really excited um i really hope that it goes well um kind of bummed because i don't think that they've i don't think that they've fixed the translations i don't think that they're going to fix the translations with uh squall um just like getting rid of his whatever and putting in what he's actually saying i mean it's kind of part of the english version though it is but it just seems like it adds so much to his character when he has his little asides i'll tell you what though so obviously the whole thing about the final fantasy 8 is that they lost the code. That's why it's never been re-released. They only were able to do the PC version because they had the PC code still, but they didn't have the PlayStation 1. Um, and they basically have made this game essentially from scratch, which is what they did from fun- the Final Fantasy IX remaster they put out yeah. last year. Last year? I think it was last year. year before. Mm. In in the last couple of years. Final Fantasy VII as well. Um, yeah, and like if you look at the graphic comparison between Final Fantasy VIII Remaster and the original Final Fantasy VIII, it's so, it's so good. It's kind of yeah. like Dissidia level, PlayStation Portable level models where Cloud, Squall, Cloud, Qual? Qual. Squall actually has a face. Yeah. It's not, I just... It's not a deformity. Like, that, that meme he, is not going to have much know, life anymore. I know, because he actually does look attractive um there's that and then there's also the fact that we will have to keep using roses and wine to uh fix the audio hopefully on the computer version (laughs) like having to use a mod in order for us to actually be able to enjoy the music of eight it's going to be so nice but yeah i'm 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 thrilled with with what i've seen yeah it's uh it's kind of like the a true remaster of the Mm -hmm. game 
and um yeah everyone is so psyched about it which is so happy it's it, it's so pleasing to see yeah no i think this is something that a lot of people wanted i i wonder if some people though were like oh, is it gonna be a remake but i think i that, think there's a lot of confusion around yeah. remake versus remaster people yeah. still don't get it no no i mean technically you could say that it's a remake but it is it is just remaster. it is remaster but yeah. it's still good um, and then we have the War of the Visions, which is obviously with the the Brave Exvius. Yeah, so that stuff. one is a bit uh, like they they're basically taking a lot of inspiration from Tactics, War yeah. of the Lions, but it's that it's it's going to be similar gameplay, but with microtransaction. Like, just 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 make an actual game, put a fee on it. Like, if you're that confident in its success. Yeah. Just do that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Brave X was what, like 30, 40 million players. You'd like to think that like maybe 1% of people are going to pick it up. Yeah. I don't know. It, like it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. I. It was the it's, zone it's out. The new, it's the new generation of their mobile games, right? This is, yeah. I guess this is the first new generation mobile title they're working on within the Final Fantasy franchise. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm. Um, it may actually be something that draws me into Brave Exus because I didn't really care before, but yeah. the tactics gameplay style and, and, and the kind of way that that worked is is interesting. Mm. We you, you got some Crystal Chronicles. Um, yeah. The sad news for me was that it was very clear based on what they said it's been delayed yeah. because previously when they announced it last year, it was given a 2019 release date. It's now set at winter. And we all know that winter means next year. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably going to arrive. Yeah, it will be, it'll be Q1 next year. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they don't mess it up like they did with um, Type-0 HD and like release it with uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hopefully they get that the right way around. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't what want a Final it... Fantasy as well. Yeah. I don't want it to be overshadowed. I mean, I'd like to think it's a game that can support itself. I'm curious to see how it's going to work on phones, though, because they announced it for phones. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be weird. It could be that it's like a supporting thing, like the second screen, which would be good if that's if that's how it, it's working. Okay, so everything else. So obviously, Sconey, Sony, Sconey, Sconey, Sconey. Sconey skipped the press conference. We're making up words. And Microsoft were hoping to take advantage of that, but I don't think they really did. No. I, I'm like doesn't really seem to matter that they skipped if i'm honest no i mean like we watched the microsoft press conference with a lot of excitement around what they were going to announce and Mm -hmm. it was just the same as they always do like it's just this press conference that just doesn't really have any substance no they show off a couple of games they they do what sony was previously accused of doing and they beat their chest and they say there's going to be more games in this conference than any other conference in the year and then it's like well that's because you've just shown 30 games with two seconds each in a montage like it's not that's not an actual claim to make yeah yeah sure you did show off some other things but it's like most of the games were and the same with bethesda most of the games are just pre-rendered cutscenes it's like i that doesn't tell me anything it's like okay so you showed off the new game from from software elden rings but like it's not an exclusive to you. No, no. And that's the thing. Like most of the games that were featured were going to be on the PlayStation 4 or PC anyway. 
So yeah, it's just a bit. And then Project Scarlet was a, a massive anticlimax. Yeah. It was their real opportunity. I genuinely thought because Sony was skipping it, Microsoft were going to say, okay, we're going to take the advantage here. Like they did with the Xbox 360 versus the PlayStation 3. They're going to get their console out to the consumers first. Like mm-hmm. really get that advantage and make Sony regret not being proactive. But they didn't. They just showed off like it was worse than what Sony did with their Wired article. <laughs> they just had like a load of developers talking like about ambiguous things that they were going to have in the console. And then they didn't show anything. No. It was just like, oh, it's Paul Project Scarlet. It's going to be out holiday 2020. And that was it. Like, oh, it's going to have 8K graphics. Well, so does the next PlayStation. It's cool. going to have um, it's gonna be ray tracing. Times... Well, so does the next PlayStation. It's going to be four times more powerful. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, I've actually, they've actually calculated it. It is, it is legitimately four times more, more powerful. But the Xbox One isn't even as powerful as the PlayStation 4. Yeah. I think the Xbox One X is more powerful than the PlayStation Pro. But it's just like, it does. Uh, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. And yeah. The, it means that the ball's back in Sony's court. Like, yeah. Microsoft didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, actually, except for Keanu. Yeah, and they also announced that um, Halo Infinite is going to be now coming to the new Xbox. Yeah. As well as the old Xbox, probably. And Gears Pop. Yeah. Gears Funko Pop. Pop. Yeah, because like Gears Five, they again they showed off no gameplay. They showed no. off two. They were like, oh, and here we're going to run through the new battle mode with a pre-rendered cutscene. Great. <laughs> Thank you. That's not actually the game. Um, Bethesda. I'm. Yeah. Yeah, I heard kind of meh about Bethesda and Ubisoft. It was just kind yeah. of like, yeah. Yeah, they weren't really that much that much out of their out of their conferences this year. Um, they again, Bethesda showed off lots of pre-rendered cutscenes, uh, pre-rendered cutscenes, pre-rendered movies, whatever. Um, I mean, the new uh, game from Tango looks fun, and obviously, the the director, the the woman, um, who's I think it's Mikami's kind of protege. Yeah, she was the she was the theme that came out of that Ghost conference. Wire. Like she had a four minute speech, and that was the highlight of the conference. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's oh, she's good seems really cool. But... Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm um I'm interested in her game. I just find it hilarious that somebody who's so adorable and sweet can uh, come out with these monsters that are just like so grotesque and horrible looking. It's just like, wow, you are adorable. And then Nintendo, I think, and this is going to sound bad. Well, neither of neither of us are massive Nintendo fans Not in the really. sense that we don't pay too much attention to what they do and i think by the time the nintendo direct conference happened we'd kind of checked out of conference mode and were mm. in work, work mode in terms yeah. of we've got to cover the seven remake as much as we can so i didn't really pay attention to it i obviously saw the announcements coming out like with the dragon quest hero going into um smash and banjo going into smash i think the interesting thing for me was obviously the zelda breath of the world 2 mm. And it's interesting because, to my knowledge at least, and I'm not a massive Zelda fan, but it's the first time there's been a direct, direct sequel mm. ever in mm. the in the Zelda franchise. I know that, I think it's Phantom Hourglass and there's another one are like sequels to Wind Waker, mm-hmm. but they're generally, they're, they've always been on the 3DS, so they've mm-hmm. never been a direct follow-up on the same console, on the, on the same concept, whereas this time... It's very much like his Breath of the Wild, his Breath of the Wild Two. Like there's actually a number associated to it being a sequel, which they've yeah. never done before. 
which it's an interesting route for Nintendo. I feel like, I don't know, they did it with Mario Galaxy, or is it Odyssey, Galaxy 1, Galaxy 2. It just, with those franchises, I know that Zelda is, is a bit of a bugbear of mine because um, they just rehash a lot of the old stuff, but I feel like they, they'd stopped doing that so much. And Mario, they'd always try to to change it up and make it different every time. Mm-hmm. By just sticking a two on the end, it just feels like the creativity is kind of going and they're just saying, yep, let's just milk it. Mm-hmm. Let's just milk it, guys. It worked. Do it again. Yeah. Which just doesn't really seem Nintendo. No. Well, it does. And that's why I don't like them. But it just... With those... with I don't know. I, I, it, me, me and Nintendo is a complicated relationship, okay? Bless you. You're okay, daddies. It's just a very complicated relationship. I know, sweetheart. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get you through. We'll get okay. you through. We'll get you a Nintendo Switch and then you'll like them. Maybe. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed the super long episode. Our music this episode is uh, a tribute to Tifa. So we've got an arrangement by Terracy Music of Tifa's theme. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Mm-hmm. going to mash through this outro now because we're so long. We're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. eye stinging yawning i know it's so bad i'm so sorry we're old i know uh we're parents that's more really more apt uh, yeah. more apt description anyway so yeah the next episode of uh ffv is going to come out on the 2nd of july be sure to subscribe because it's the big one mm-hmm. episode 200 and you know what i have no idea what we're going to do for it <laughs> i don't know either i can tell you one thing it will exist the- and we're going to talk about stuff. That's a guarantee I can make. Yay! Yeah. Um, of course, uh, all new co- news coverage, check out on FinalFantasyUnion.com. And if you enjoy what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. But with that, it's time, I think, Lauren, for us to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>